Welcome to the Southridge Baptist Church Podcast. Today you will be hearing a special message from Pastor and Mrs. Zermor from Proverbs 31. So prepare your hearts to hear a word from God today. Excellent. Can we one more time give all the moms a round of applause this morning? Excellent. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, we're going to be this morning in a, in a famous passage of Scripture as we really deal with this subject of what does it mean when we say, my mom rocks. Now, I know some of you in this room, you're saying, hey, I'm a long way off from either being a mother, number one. I'm a long way off from ever being a mother. I is a man, and so that ain't going to happen. And so I know some of you would say, I'm just going to kind of tune this one out, sit back, get some shut-eye, or I'm going to pull up my phone and check how the draft is going. Don't do that. Don't tune me out yet, okay? Because we have a, some a very special presentation, some special things we're going to do this morning. And so I don't want you just to, just to think, oh, this message won't apply to me. This message won't help me. I want you to know this message, I believe, can be a tremendous help teaching every person out there. You say, well, I'm not a mother yet. I believe some of the principles we're going to talk about this morning will be a help to you as you look at your future. Also, on the flip side, for some of you men in here, this is going to be how to treat that special someone, how you can train your children to to, uh, to speak and to, uh, to respond to their mother. And there was one thing my dad never tolerated if I ever disrespected my mom. That was something that didn't go over well at all. There was a lot of things I could get away with in, in growing up, but that was not one of them. My dad taught me from an early age, here's how you're going to treat uh, your mom. And so he made that very clear in no uncertain terms. And so this message, we look into it. Um, guys, what should you be looking for in a future wife? Because one day you're going to want her to bear your kids and one day you're going to want her to be the right type of mom. I remember my dad told me, he said, Micaiah, choose, be careful when you choose that spouse because your children are going to be just like her because she's going to spend the bulk of the time with them. So they're going to be like her. So make sure that she's the right one. Be very clear about that. And as I was preparing for this message, I was really just struggling with how to come up with some, some thoughts that would be cohesive and that would be help because I was blessed. I had a tremendous mother. Not perfect, but I had a wonderful mom. And uh, I also, in our family, there is seven children. So she, she raised seven kids. She homeschooled for a long time. She was a pastor's wife. And so she went through some difficult struggles. But I, she was just a tremendous godly woman. I had an amazing grandmother. And she's also just a tremendously godly woman. She lost her husband as soon as she immigrated to the States. And not too long after, three months after, she lost her oldest son. Just endured tremendous trial. But yet she's just a, a, just kind of a, a, just a rock. That just a spirituality and just a, tremendous blessing and so as I began to think about this message I was thinking Lord I've had such great influences in my life and I didn't do anything for those there was nothing I did to deserve the mom that I got the grandmother I got there's nothing I did to really deserve the wife that the Lord gave me it was just the blessings of God and as I think about some of the principles that I followed I see God's hand of grace and God's hand of guiding and many of you moms this morning you're you're probably had those moments where you're just thinking this is beyond me. I just don't know how to bring up this teenager. I just don't know how to deal with this situation. And as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking, our capability is not equal to our calling. Oftentimes we think God would never give us more than we can handle. But I believe parents, 
we've been at points where we say, you know what? I just don't know how to handle this. This is beyond me. I'm in over my head. And some of us, you may be feeling that this morning, like, what am I doing? I can't, this is just amazing. Are these kids going to turn out? I don't know if I can make it anymore. I don't know how I can work so many hours and pay the bills, but also spend time with the family, also spend time with the wife. And you're just caught between all this. And maybe mom, you're wrestling with, hey, I, I just haven't had time for me. And you're struggling with those. And our capability, we think, well, well, God wouldn't give me more than I can handle. Yes, he would. Because for this reason, it drives us deeper and closer into who God is and what he wants us to be. If I can handle it, I don't need to depend on the Lord. I can do it in my own strength. And if I can do it in my own strength, then God doesn't bless it. The Bible says, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. He is through Christ. God never meant for us to go through life divorced of the power of the Holy Spirit. He meant for you and I to go through life fully engaged, fully equipped, fully connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to deal with that as we look at Proverbs chapter number 31. Proverbs 31 is really where we're going to be at this morning. And uh, the, the message won't be on the screen, but if you have your phone or you have your Bible, would you just open it, Proverbs 31? That's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Proverbs chapter number 31. This is where a mother whose son is going to be the next king of Israel writes words of advice. And these are the words that she wanted to leave her son who would become the next king, a good king. She said, if you're going to be a good king, a great king, here's what you need to know. And verses 10 through verse 31 in the Hebrew um, uh, language was actually in alphabetical order in the Hebrew language. Many of you think, well, well, what's the big deal? It's not in alphabetical order in our language. I know it's not. What the big deal was, it's like an acrostic. An acrostic helps you and I remember things. Well, back then, the um, writers wanted their children to remember, hey, what does a good woman look like? What does a great woman look like? Hey, guys, what does the future wife that you should have look like? How should you treat her? What sh- how should she behave? And so they made verses 10 through verse 31 in alphabetical order. So it'd be easy to remember because these are so important. So this is the role model right here. And I know what you're thinking. When we read this passage, some of you are going to be like, oh, no way I could be this woman. And I want you to let you know that this is something God wants us to strive for. Beginning in verse number 10, the Bible says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that she shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh diligently with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. That's not a pickup line. It's not saying, hey, baby, you're like a merchant ship. No, no, that's not what he's saying. It's not what he's saying there. So don't try to use that holy spiritual pickup lines. She may take that the wrong way, okay? So don't, don't use that. What he is saying is that she goes a long distance to get special things for her family that she knows her family will enjoy. The merchant ships brought spices. They brought rare things from foreign countries. And that's what a mother does. She bakes that favorite meal that you like for your birthday. She goes to extreme measures to make it a special day for you. And that's the same. That's what they're saying here. Verse 15. She rises also while it is yet night. This is before the sun comes up. She's already up and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planted a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. So she gets up early. She stays up late. How many of you, that's your mom. I mean, she just stays up late. She's up early and nobody wants to raise her hand. Come on, guys. It's time to score points right here. She's up early. Yeah, she's great. Stays up late. We're gonna, and she's just a hard worker. 
The Bible says, verse 19, she layeth her hand to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she stretcheth forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow of her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Verse number 10. Who can find a virtuous woman for a price as far above rubies? I'm using a play on words this morning when we talk about a mom that rocks. It means that her value is that of rubies, gems, diamonds, rocks. Now something that you need to know about a gem, about a diamond, it's formed after going through intense pressure over long periods of time. Hey mom, You're a work in the making. You are God's masterpiece. He's molding you. And this morning, we're going to do some things to, I hope, and encourage and bless you this morning. Let's start with a word of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit's help this morning. Dear Grace Heavenly Father, we thank you for our mothers, grandmothers. We thank you for those women that are in this room that you've called them to be mothers. And and they've had all kinds of opportunities, but yet they chose this role. They chose this calling. And Lord, they may not feel capable, but help us to realize that your power is more than enough. You're sufficient. You will help us to fulfill the roles that you've given us. I pray that you would encourage the mothers in this room. I pray that they would have a special day today. I pray that you bless them. I pray for us husbands that today we wouldn't just tune this message out. I pray that we just wouldn't ignore it and say it doesn't apply. I pray for the singles in this room. We wouldn't just think, oh, it's just a message I can sleep through. I pray that when the word of God is opened, our hearts would be open, our minds would be open. I pray that you would speak to somebody today that needs encouragement pray that you'd bless them. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to do something special, something I've never done before. And uh, for this message, I thought it'd be fitting to uh, ask my wife to come and help me with it. So um, I would like, if you wouldn't mind, Jane, would you come on up? Can we give my wife a round of applause? There are so many things she does in this church that without her, there'd be no way it could ever happen. This is, this is my beautiful wife, Jane. Some of you know her, some of you don't. And uh, this is her. This is my baby mama. This is the woman that I love. And uh, she's, she's it, okay? You say, how does this thing happen? How did this church get, uh, get started three and a half months ago? It was her brains, okay? I, I'm not the detailed person. It's all her. And God has blessed us immensely. And so um, I've asked her to join us. Why don't you take a seat, babe? And um, we're going to just kind of, I'm going to basically do an interview with my wife through this passage of Scripture. I knew I could preach it, but you know what? I didn't want to come across like, Oh, who is this guy? Know it all. Hopefully the mic kind of works. Chris will turn it up for us if we need it to. And um, so I thought it'd be fitting for me just to um, take a few minutes as we look at this passage and get it from not only a woman's perspective, but also my wife and somebody, she and I have just talked through this passage. And as she and I have talked through this passage, it's been exciting just to see as her perspective on it. 
I've got the guy's perspective down on what it means. I mean, hey, we just want a hot meal. We want to be able to watch Sports Center, and we want to be able to go hang out with our buddies. That's what I get out of Proverbs 31. Apparently, she didn't get that out of it, okay? So uh, she got some different things. And um, as I began to listen to her, which is a good thing, men, as we listen to our wives, I began to see that she had a very biblical perspective on this passage. And so if you would, uh, just kind of uh, humor us for a moment, and you get to kind of be in on a conversation that I'm going to have with my wife this morning. How are you doing? I'm actually nervous. You're nervous? Well, you don't look nervous. You look great. All right. Um, Well, this is funny because I've done speaking engagements before, but it's only for women. And I would know it at least months in advance, except for this one. He just told me about this on Wednesday. Yeah. And so I'm nervous. (laughs) Why worry for two months? I'm like shaking right now. (laughs) If I say something dumb or whatever, I'm that's the reason why. But um, I have a list here that I found. It says, you know you're a mom when you're talking to a third person all the time. You say, mommy said no. You know you're a mom when you wish your baby monitor had a snooze button. <laughs> I've wished that several times probably uh, before. You know you're a mom when your child has taken two baths today, but you haven't had a shower in two days. Mm. You know you're a mom when an uninterrupted shower is like a day at the spa. You know you're a mom if you've signed a check with a crayon. haven't done that yet, <laughs> but I do have crayons in my purse. Uh, you know you're a mom when you can feed an army with the goldfish, teddy grams, french fries, and other crumbs in the backseat of your minivan. Of course, they have to be organic. Um, you know you're a mom when you go and pick up another human to smell their bottom. It's not only normal, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, only a mom. <laughs> You know you're a mom when you can't remember the last time you ate a meal when it was hot. You know you're a mom when going to the bathroom by yourself is a luxury. You know you're a mom when you realize you didn't know you could ever love someone this much. Mm. You know you're a mom when you loathe loud and noisy toys. You know you're a mom when your kids use your smartphone more than you do. You know you're a mom when you do more multitasking in an average day than any CEO. And I like this one the best. You know you're a mom when you pray about everything because you've learned you can hardly control anything. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I asked you up here this morning, honey, because the Bible se- uh, tells the men that we are to dwell with our wives according to knowledge, that we are to get to know our wives, study them. I remember as you and I began to date, I remember how often I would take time just to kind of study you. Some would call it stalking. I call it study. And um, it was one of those things where I just want to get to know that person better. But it's amazing. You get the ring on their finger, you get back from the honeymoon, and all of a sudden, the studying just stops. It's like, all right, my job's done. It's like for guys plant that flag on the mountain. I conquered. Now what's the next thing? And we can almost forget to go back to studying them. And we can almost neglect that person. And it's, it's almost like we trick them in a sense of, well, I got you and now you're stuck with me. And so this morning, I hope as we, as men, as we kind of listen to this, that we might have an attitude of, you know what? You're right. I need to go back to what the Bible says in 1 Peter 3, 7, that likewise ye husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, study them, get to know them. Uh, You're probably like me, men, where your wife says, hey, let's go out for a date. And you're like, sure, where do you want to go? And the wife says, I don't know, just pick somewhere. Where you know that she has something in mind because if you pick Chili's, she's going to be like, Chili's? Really? 
This is how much, this is a romantic dinner. All right. You invited your buddies. Oh, this is going to be great, you know? And it's like, well, you didn't tell me. You said just pick somewhere. So this is where I picked. And uh, what it really comes down to is she does have a certain place. But she wants you to know where she wants to go. And you say, well, I'm not a mind reader. I know. Basically, when she says, hey, I want to go somewhere out to eat, you pick. It means you better pick somewhere expensive, somewhere exclusive, and somewhere romantic. Those are kind of the key ingredients there. Because here's what I've learned. I've learned that when I go to my wife and I plan out a date or an activity, the way that I show that I love her is by knowing her. She feels loved when I show that, hey, she doesn't have to pick the restaurant. No, I picked it. She doesn't have to worry about getting the child care. No, I took care of that because it shows that I know her needs and I know her, that we're dwelling according to knowledge and that relationship blossoms and it flowers because of that. And so we're going to deal with a couple of those things this morning that I hope will just be an encouragement to you. And if you're ready, hon, why don't we just dive into this? You and I, we were talking this week that a woman that rocks, there's some traps that she'll avoid. And you and I, we were just bouncing back and forth a couple of the traps because it seems like today, if Satan wants to get into our homes, it seems like he'll start with what the Bible calls, this isn't my word, and don't take offense at this, the weaker vessel. Go back to Genesis. Who did Satan go after first? Eve, the woman. It's not because of, oh, she was inferior. That's not why. It's that there are some weaker parts where the woman has to be careful. There are just some traps that we need to be on guard. And you and I, we talked about that this week. What was that first trap that you and I, we just brought up? Um, First of all, I see the competition trap. Hmm. And this is, um, this talks about when a mom, I know not every mom has, um, are able to stay home. Some of them had to work. And I've been in both, um, I've been in both areas. I used to work and then I'm able to stay home. But um, I remember I've fallen into this trap. Um, I used to teach before and I would come home. I have papers to grade. I have reports to read. And some of you moms, when you get home, you still have work to do. And sometimes I felt like my family was more of a distraction to me. Mm. That, oh my goodness, I have to make them dinner. I'd rather like grade these papers. And that's a trap that we moms need to be on guard of. That we would um, put our family on the side, but we would, more, we would be more focused on our career. And um, I believe this is more of a heart issue that we have mm. to remember our family is our priority. And I'm not saying, you know, don't work or whatever, but our family comes first. And we have to be on guard on this. Mm, yeah. I think one of the ways that we can be on guard against this is what the Bible says in Matthew six thirty three, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. There's, there's this delicate balance here because you're working to provide food on the table to keep the roof over your head because we live in a very expensive area. But yet, how do you maintain the relationship with your kids? How do you balance that? And it's going to be a struggle for moms and for men that we have to remember, it, is my agenda being set by me or is it being set by the Holy Spirit? Am I doing all that he wants me to do or all that I want to do? So the guard is, if we're going to deal with that competition, is that we have to say, you know what? It comes first by seeking first the kingdom of God. As I'm following him, he'll lead me and help me to keep my family in that proper perspective, that proper balance. Um, some of you ladies, and let me just put, put this out there, that you say, well, honey, you're not spending enough time with the kids, but yet you want to keep going shopping and run the Visa card. There's, there's got to be a balance here. You want there to be plenty of money for, on the the visa card but yet you want your husband home 
there, there's a give and take here for a little bit that you have to understand that that comes with it. So it's guarding, saying, God, am I in line with your biblical principles of Matthew 6.33? So that's a good one, the competition trap, not seeing our families in competition with us. What's another trap that we can well, fall into? Well, I also see the comparison trap. And mm. this is, I, again, I have fallen into this trap before when we compare ourselves with other moms. Um, I've seen other moms, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I wish I'm more creative or I, I wish I'm as crafty as this you know as this mom or I wish I could cook good meals like her because obviously I don't <laughs> or uh, I wish you know my kids are are like them and and the reality is every mom is different hmm. and we don't know what's going on in their homes we don't know um, how they are at home but we only see their performance and for us moms it's easy for us to compare and see you know what they're doing this and I'm doing that mm-hmm. and we need to be on guard on this comparison trap mm-hmm. I think too often too, hon, we see other ladies will take and they'll see somebody else's family, somebody else's relationship, and it's like you're viewing somebody else's highlight reel, their best moments. That's what we see on Instagram. That's what we see on Facebook. It's look with their vacationing. Look what little craft they made out of um, repurposed toilet paper. I mean, it's just, you're like, really? I, I, that's just so out there, you know? And you're looking at this person and you're thinking, how in the world do they do that? And we get, start comparing their highlight reel with our blooper reel because we see our faults. We see our failures. And there's that dangerous cr- trap. And I, I think about what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians ten twelve: Comparing ourselves among ourselves is unwise. And one of the key attributes of this Proverbs 31 woman is that she is wise. She is a wise woman. And if we are to be wise, it's to say, you know what? I'm not going to compare how my eight-year-old is doing with their eight-year-old. Because that's not a good comparison. Because you don't know if their eight-year-old is really going to turn out. What's better for me is to say, you know what? How am I doing in my parenting skills based on the couple that they've been married for 30, 40 plus years and their children are grown and they have grandchildren? That would be a much better comparison where we can learn from them because we see a product that's turned out. You don't know with that eight-year-old, that 10-year-old that they're being trained up the right way. So comparing ourselves is a dangerous trap that I think you're right, hon, people mm-hmm. fall into. What's another and trap then, that people um, can fall into? The last one I think of is the control trap and this is when the moms feel that they can control everything. Mm. And again, I'm a type A personality. Mm-hmm. I like to be in control. I like things organized. Yes, <laughs> I like things planned. And it's, it's really hard for me to see, you know, when mm-hmm. one, one of our kids are not as w- what they should be doing. Mm-hmm. But the reality is God has a plan for our children. Mm-hmm. And as moms, we need to let them be who God wants them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been around parents who... Um, they've made every decision for their children. And I'm not saying, you know, the younger kids, of course, they need help. But once they get into a certain age, they will decide on their own. And that's when what we've taught them as they were young, that's when they're going to apply what they've learned mm, from good. us. So. That's good. I think of biblical examples, um, Hannah and Samuel. Samuel is arguably one of the greatest prophets in the nation of Israel. But here was a mother willing to say, you know what, God? If you'll give me a child, I will give him back to you. I will offer him back. And you think of even, even Mary, the mother of Jesus. How tempting would have been to just kind of dictate his life. Matter of fact, in John chapter number two, here she says, goes to Jesus, hey, there's, we're at the marriage of Cana. Hey, we need you to do a miracle. Trying to once again be the mom and take over. But yet, you have to understand there are moments when, I got to let go. And that's hard. 
that's really hard. My wife, she was a school teacher, and so many times if she would ever discipline a child in the classroom, she knew she would get a phone call, email, text message, uh, smoke signals in the sky that, man, mama bear didn't like what you did to baby bear. And so sometimes we can have these overbearing, over-controlling uh, mothers, and we've got to be careful about that. There is a point where the Bible does say train up a child the way it should go. That means to form, that means to nurture, means to guide. We can step over to a point where all of a sudden we're now smothering the potential of that child. So that's good that we see that there's some traps to fall into. Well, what about a mother that rocks? I think there's some specific roles, especially as we look at verses 11 and 12. We see that this is a virtuous woman, and it's hard to find a virtuous woman. And here's one that has great value. Um, what do you think is some of the key factors that really make up this, this woman that just make her so special? You know, first of all, in verse 11, it says, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. And verse 12, it says, she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. First of all, <clears throat> the mom who rocks, she shows devotion to her husband. Mm. And it's interesting, as I read this passage, over and over it came with the husband first, the children, and then others. And that's the priority that God wants us to have, that we always put our husband first. And um, first of all, we show our devotion to our husband by giving him respect. And as I read marriage books or as I've, um, I've heard messages on marriage, um, it's interesting that God created a respect gap in every husband that only a wife can fill. Hmm. And when he doesn't get that respect at home, he will look for that. And that's very, um, that's one thing that we need to remember. There's a book that I've read. It's called um, Finding the Hero in the Husband. And I know you're smiling. <laughs> but um, it's interesting now. I watch Austin. He's not even two yet. But as he plays outside, he would grab his sword and he would get, he would go on, on the couch and he would jump and he's just like this Superman. I'm like, how did, how did he learn all these? As a little boy, he knows, you know, he wants to be a hero. And sometimes, um, for moms or for wives, it's hard for us to see this, his strengths. It's easy for us to find his weakness. You know what? Well, he's not this or he doesn't do that. And the reality is to show that we respect our husbands, we should let him lead through his strengths. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hard for me too because I'm very organized or I like certain things done a certain way. And I don't like it when, you know, I would like you would say, oh, I'm going to help you with that. And it's not the way how I want it or there's a certain way I fold laundry. There's a certain way I put the dishes in the dishwasher. And for us moms, it's easy for us to be like, oh, that's not how you do it. You know, this is how I want it done. And there, um, I just want to remind the moms here or the wives to allow our husbands to do things their way, even though it's not the way that how we want it, but just giving him a chance to do it. Mm. So then they can be more willing to help us later on. Mm. That's so encouraging just to, mm. just to hear that. And, when it, when it comes to respect, it's such a big thing. That's one of those needs that we have as men. You would say, well, no, no, I've got all these other needs. Yeah, but respect really comes down to it. Um, there's nothing more frustrating than your wife sending you to the grocery store. Um, any of you men, you just love the grocery store? Anybody? I didn't think so. Uh, for me, that's like a nightmare just waiting to happen. There's nothing that'll stress me out aside from traffic than going to the grocery store for my wife because I know I'm not going to get it right. I'm not going to get what she wanted. And... Um, we come back and we can't get it. And she's like, you didn't get the right stuff. And it's exactly what she said. We feel disrespected. Well, well, well forget it. Go to yourself next time. And, and for some of you ladies who are saying, I want my husband to help out more. This is a key. This is a little secret. He will help out more. If you don't give him a lecture right after, well, you did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, that wrong. It's not he doesn't want to serve you. It's not that he doesn't want to help. And it's that 
when you kind of come back and say, well, you didn't do it like this, he feels disrespected. And so what happens is you end up just doing it more. And you're saying, well, it's not right. I do it 51 weeks out of the year and nobody says thank you. Well, if you want to do it 52, maybe you just say, you know what? Yeah, I'll let him kind of do it his way and I'll just kind of fix it. And there'll be harmony and love in the home. And, um, but you know what, hon? You kind of brought up another point is that there's that respect that he, he feels. I think that comes back to that he has expectations and she has expectations. And uh, why don't we just kind of um, take a little segue here and talk about that. Is there what would be called reasonable and unreasonable expectations in marriage? Oh, absolutely. Um, sometimes for us moms, um, and especially probably where I'm, you know, my, my current stage right now, throughout the day, you know, I'm so tired or um, First of all, I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> and how can you function throughout the day? You're, you don't even get enough sleep. And, you know, you want to be happy, you know, not yell at your kids. And you have all these errands you need to do. And then one kid did this and the other kid did that and all these things going on. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, my goodness, if Makaya can only see what's going on. And he walks in the house and I'm like, and my first reaction would be like, you know, this is what happened, all this is. And I just want to put all my burden to you mm. and make you feel the frustration that I have. But then you come home and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how to help you <laughs> because it's already happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember reading a verse in Psalms and it says, my expectation is from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's easy for moms, you know, well, I want, I want him to go through what I'm going through. If he mm-hmm. only knows what this yeah. kid did today and all the emotional work that I put into, I, I, wa- I want him to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's easy for us moms to throw that to our husband mm-hmm. where um, God put that in our position yeah. in our yeah. lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as, as we're talking about those expectations and you're talking about there's the reasonable and unreasonable. Um, just thinking about this, I mean, some of you, you, you're in a relationship, you're about to go into a relationship. One of the expectations, those of you that have been married any length of time, you know this, is um, his expectations are more physical and her expectations are more emotional. Um, when Jane and I got married, she was expecting kind of just this um, endless slumber party. You're just going to be fun, just cuddling. Um, I was expecting a whole lot more of something else. And uh, she just wanted to hug. And I was saying, no, no, that's just the warm-up. That's just where we get started. And she was like, no, no, this is the end game here, man. This is, this is it. This is where I find fulfillment. And so understanding those expectations and not shying away from those and not talking about those. Oftentimes, we don't deal with these expectations. And here's what, I, uh, what I'll tell you what will happen. If you go a long enough time with unmet expectations, at least a whole lot of frustration in the relationship, in the marriage relationship, even in the dating relationship. There's just frustration. You say, why are we frustrated? Unmet expectations. And if you go into that frustration after, if you don't deal with the frustration, then you fall into this period of, it's just like hopeless. Like he's never going to change. She's never going to change. And we just kind of try to exist and you don't exist. Something just ends up dying inside. So dealing with the expectations and, and, and seeing them for what they are, understanding that his are going to be physical, hers are going to be emotional, his is going to be respect, and hers is going to be love. Um, there's no respect songs on the radio. There's only love songs, and that's what she needs. It's just that love. But love isn't just physical, guys. And I think so many times we feel like, oh, man, hey, baby, let's just kiss. And, and one of the bad things, here's one way I've learned that you can kill romance real quick, is as she's trying to clean the dishes, hey, baby, don't worry, you can do the dishes after. You know, I mean, that, that just doesn't, doesn't light any fires, all right? And, uh, you know, when you use words like that, it's not just like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a nice romantic evening. No, no, no. Um, I've learned that romance does start in the kitchen when the guy does the dishes, mops the floor. Um, I'll be honest, that's what my wife finds attractive. Uh, it's, it's not um, 
other things that we would think, oh, this is attractive. No, it's the fact that, hey, no, I took the kids and, got, and gave them a bath and, hey, vacuumed the floor, got this ready. That's attractive, and we need to do those type of things because that meets an expectation. Go ahead. You and got I think something. you're talking about more of a love language mm-hmm. yeah. that every um, spouse should know what their spouse's love language. Mm-hmm. And I remember um, reading about this, and there's actually five love languages. Mm. When I talk about love language, this is the way they feel love, or this is how they communicate. Um, I have a total different love language. Um, pastor can give me gifts and dresses, and it doesn't really bother me, I guess. It doesn't really, oh, you know, that's so nice, but it doesn't really, if I don't feel loved. I feel more love when he mows the lawn, like what he said, when he vacuums the house. That's my love language, which is acts of service, and you could be that. Um, your love language could be acts of service where your spouse is telling you all these words of affirmation and it doesn't really affect you <laughs> because it's not your love language. And it's really good to know what your spouse's love language and also your children's love language. Every child has a different love language and that's how they feel love. It could either be acts of service. It could be uh, words of affirmation. They like to be praised. It could be quality time. It can be gifts or it could be um, physical touch. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, I speak my own language, which is Filipino and in our house, he would never understand that. <laughs> and when, um, and that's the same way. Sometimes you're constantly speaking a language, but they don't understand because that's mm. not their love language. And it's really important for moms also to know their child's love mm. language. So that's how they know that they feel mm. loved. That's so good that you brought that out because we have to study our spouses. And I know it seems like, well, I know them, I know them. Things change and we have to go back to the drawing board and say, you know what? What, what has changed here? Have I lost sight of something? Am I fulfilling them in, in speaking their love language? And uh, there will be times where we all kind of die to self and we say, you know what? I'm going to put on hold my needs and my desires and I'm going to show this person that love that they need. And uh, so we deal with that. Well, why don't we move on and we see, we've dealt with kind of she shows devotion to her husband. What is the next one in this passage? You know, I also see that she shows affection to her children. Hmm. And... Um, you can see verse after verse what she does to her household. I mean, she's, she's the last person in bed. She's the first person to get up. She does all these things for her house. She prepares their food um, and all these things. And we need to remember, moms, that being a mom is a calling. Mm. And it really is the most important job in the world. Mm. Our culture tells us that it's more a diversion from what we're supposed to do. That it's just, oh, that's just something you're supposed to be doing, but you're supposed to be doing this. And in reality, we're going against the culture. We're going against the norm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen so many moms that having a child, it's more like, oh, I can't believe, you know, this happened Mm -hmm. today because of that. But um, it is a calling. And um, the Bible talks about that it's more than, it is more than a job. Um, there's a book that I remember reading. It's called Becoming More Than Just a Mom. And when we, are, we moms, you know, we know that humans are just very selfish people. Mm. But when you become a mom, you become selfless. And I realized that right away when I became a mom. I remember growing up, I would all, you know, as a teenager, I'd, I would tell my mom, Mom, you need to buy new shoes. <laughs> Your shoes, you only have one pair of shoes. They're black. And they don't even match your other outfits. They have holes on them. And mom, just buy new shoes. And then later on, I realized the reason why she never bought new shoes, me and my brothers and my sister had nice clothes. We had nice shoes. Mm. And the moms can, the moms can, here in this room can mm. agree with me that when you become a mom, you really put 
your kids' needs first mm. before you. And mm. as you raise, as we raise our children, God is molding us. Mm. God is teaching us as we, you know, He's teaching us patience, of course. <laughs> when um, when we're at that point where we just want to, oh, I don't know what to do with yeah. this kid. I mean, I've tried everything, and God is teaching us. You know what? That's the same way we are to Him. And God is saying, you know, I still love you no matter what. And then we do the same thing to our kids. Yeah. So as we are molding our children, He is molding us. Mm. And also, I, um, I also want to add here that our children spend a lot of time with us, especially when they're younger. Or, um, and there's a lot of times that we can um, influence our children of how they think about our husbands. Um, you know, um, growing up, I always knew my dad is an engineer. I didn't really know what, I knew where he went, I knew where he worked, I knew what he did, but my mom did a great job telling us who he is. You know, your dad is a hard worker, he's, he's very honest, and that's what moms, that's our job also. Yeah. Our kids already know what our husbands does, or what, the, you know, what they do, where they work, but it is our job to tell them who they are, their character. Mm, that's really good. Speak to the moms that are in this room this morning that, you know, they're right in the middle of the, the terrific twos, we don't call them terrible twos, and uh, they're right in the middle of it. They're, or maybe they've got teenagers, or maybe there's just a stage of their life, and they're just a little bit frustrated, and they're just kind of like, oh, what's going on? How are we going to deal with this? And uh, just speak to them for a little bit. You know, I remember there was a, there was a message that you mm-hmm. preached, and it's called The Times and Seasons. Mm-hmm. And it says, the years may be long, but the days are short. Mm-hmm. And there's moms here you can look around and you can remember, you know, I remember when my daughter was just a newborn and now she already has her own kids. Or mm. I just took my son to his last uh, baseball practice and I remember when he was just in preschool. And the years are, you know, it goes by so fast. Mm. I remember um, those times when your, your, your baby just not even, you know, they, they don't even sleep through the night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it felt like, oh, how am I going to survive the next day? Or mm. when they're sick, they're constantly up like every hour. And then you have this other kid you have to take care of. And then you have to go to work the next day. And then now you look back. Wow, I can't believe that was, you know, uh, 20 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. does go by fast. Yeah. And just hang in there. Um, God will give you the strength. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so good, so well put. Um, and just making the most of the matter, the moments that matter the most, and just not missing the opportunities. The Bible says that um, she teaches her children, and that uh, in verse twenty-seven of the same passage, she looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. And the verse before it says, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. It means she's teaching her children. She's taking these moments, not just. And it's so easy, isn't it, parents, to say, "Here's an iPad, here's a TV, here's a computer, here's something. Just entertain yourselves. We're so busy." And then we miss out on these moments. And I've heard parents say, and it's sad when I hear it, they say, I just don't even know my kids. Well, whose fault is that? You can't blame the school. You can't blame anybody. We have to look at ourselves and say, wait a minute. It's my job to know my children, to know where they're at spiritually, to know how they're doing physically, and to not let a moment go by where I'm not taking an invested interest in their future. There's so much more we could say, Han, but why don't we just kind of wrap this up just a little bit, and uh, we'll just kind of um, uh, give any closing remarks that you might have. I mean, there was one thing I think you wanted to just bring it together and just kind of tie it, and tie it together just about what does, the, what does it mean when we say virtuous woman? Some may be scratching their heads saying virtuous what does that mean sounds like you know no, some, some old <laughs> word and why don't we just kind of tie it all together what does it mean to be a virtuous woman why would somebody want to be a virtuous woman you know the virtuous um word actually means strong and powerful hmm. 
And I, as I meditate on those words, and as I look at all the women in history who've done great things to change the world, they're not talking about physical strength. Mm. I mean, they're not like these, you know, superwomen or whatever. But when the Bible says strong and powerful, it's talking about her influence. Mm. And there's a quote that says, um, "He who rocks, she who rocks the cradle rules the world. Wow. Yeah. And the child that you're rocking to sleep, the child that you're taking to school every day, the child that you're mentoring mm-hmm. during those you know, late nights when your heart is breaking and you don't know what to do with this teenager, we don't know what's going to happen to that mm-hmm. child. Yeah. And I think about Moses' mom, when she put Moses in that basket and put, her, put him in the river, she had no idea that Moses would one day lead thousands of Israelites across the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And even Mary, very good example. Um, when she gave birth to Jesus in that stable, she had no clue that one day this man would heal the blind and would do mm-hmm. all these great things. So that child that we have, we don't know how God's going to use them. And um, the, I, w- I just want to let you know that we do, we do play a big part in raising them. Mm-hmm. We do spend mo- more time with them than our husbands. We know them more than our husbands. In fact, when something happens at home, you know, they always look for mom it's like they don't when something's missing they don't they never ask my husband where you know where their toys are or where, where's, where's this they always look for mom and of course yeah. if they ask him he's gonna say ask mom That's right. but um for all the moms out there um I, uh, some ladies here went to went with me and um there's a group of us and watched that movie on on friday and i remember that quote it says sometimes we just feel like a mess and it says you know i'm a mess i'm a beautiful mess but I'm his masterpiece, mm. and that's enough. And oh, sometimes we just feel like, oh, I'm not doing a great job. You know, I wish mm. I could have more time with, with this child, or I felt like, you know, I'm losing her heart, or I don't know what to do. Mm. But we are a God's masterpiece, mm. and that's really what's enough. Mm. That's great. Just wonderful uh, time just to spend chatting with you about this passage. There's so much I could have said, but I, would, I didn't want it to come across like, well, what does this guy know? He, he's never pushed out a human or anything like that, so he has no room, no grounds to speak. And so I just wanted to bring a different perspective. Honey, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Before, before we go, why don't we just pray? Thank you. Yes, let's give her a round of applause there. Excellent. Why don't we just pray for the mothers here, the future moms, and just ask God's blessing on them. Um, you ladies, you go through so much. You do so much for this church. I want you to know that we are a church that's going to honor you. It's going to lift you up in a position of honor. The world feels like they've got to paint this different picture. And as you go through the grocery store, you feel like, I have to be a super mom that's a supermodel. And that's the image that seems to be projected on, on young ladies today and moms today. And I want you to free yourself from that and say, no, I want to be the woman that God wants me to be. And Proverbs 31 is a great example. Well, let's pray and just uh, spend some time with the Lord and just thank him for the day. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you.